Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Monday morning at 6.07. It is burr, 22 degrees in the capital city right now on this October 30th, 2023. Uh, Halloween Eve. Happy Halloween Eve to all who celebrate. Glad to have you uh, with us today. I'm Jack Mitchell along with Caleb Henry in the KLIN studios. As you heard, Stephen Hardesty is in today and this week for Mark Vale, who is out of town. So a uh, lot to get to this week. Looking forward to it uh, and jump in this morning today on the show. We'll take a look back at Nebraska football's Third straight victory, ladies and gentlemen. That yeah. is a streak, three in a row for Nebraska football. We'll talk a little bit about that. Caleb and I will hear right now and at 710 this morning. We will count down the five things you are going to be talking about today. We'll have Tim Hruza joining us for today's uh, talk about Nebraska news and politics at 810 this morning. And then at 835, we will talk to Husker 24-7's Mike Schaefer. So that is what we've got on tap Today, Caleb, how was uh, how was your chilly pre-Halloween weekend? Uh, it was all right. I I was really looking forward to trying to get out to Hibner to watch the the soccer game yesterday, and then maybe try to go to one of the exhibition games. All of that got thrown out the window when we scheduled my daughter's third birthday party yesterday. Oh, it was the big birthday party yeah. yesterday. So how was the third birthday party? Sugared up toddlers skipping nap. Nice. Running around, jumping on trampolines. So you you took them to one of the trampoline parks yeah. here in town. and uh, It was a good time. It was a lot of fun. And, yeah. and what what I really liked was... Like we get a, we drop off our daughter at daycare and she has her daycare friends. We take her to gymnastics, she has her gymnastics friends. We hang out with people that we know and she has those like, oh, our parents know each other. I guess we should play. But it was all of those worlds combined because she had <laughs> friends from each of them. I was like, that's cool to just see our daughter does have friends. Like there are people there <laughs> She's are, building her own social network. Like it's there are the- people that play with her without us around. This is just really nice to see. My daughter has some social influence at age three. It's great to finally realize that. And- see it in in uh in action that's funny yeah it was a good time what are uh what are three-year-old like what's she into now what's a good gift for a three-year-old here at this point we got three different sizes of elsa oh still elsa huh anything anything disney she's really into spider-man she's she's ghost spider for halloween oh okay um, cute very nice okay, so she's really enjoyed that and i think this year she understands trick-or-treating a little bit more oh, okay. she got really mad when we left boo at the zoo and she was uh, like can we are we going trick-or-treating i'm like we just trick-or-treat like we were in here an hour what, what do you want? <laughs> like, I, I guess we'll we'll go to the mall and we'll try to see what other houses are open when it's freezing on Tuesday. But yeah. sure, uh, but yeah, pretty much anything Disney. She got some kinetic sand that I think she's pretty excited about. Some mermaid nice. little toys for the bath. Nice. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, actually, her favorite thing yes. so far she got from my parents: light up rain boots and, okay. a, and a little umbrella. Okay. Every time it yeah. rains, she tells me, I need a little umbrella. I'm like, well, we don't have a little umbrella. So we told my parents, and they're like, are you sure? I go, she won't put it down. All she played with yesterday, we got home, she throws on the rain boots, and she's wearing shorts, so she has little light-up rain boots, 
and an umbrella just running around. So she's in the praying room. for rain at this point. She, she wants can put to, them to use. Yeah, she she wants to use those. That's hilarious. It'll be interesting to see what tomorrow night is like Halloween wise. Um, I should go back and actually look at it, but I I feel like when I uh, when my kids were of trick or treating age, and that ended about two three Halloweens ago, went on a long streak of doing it every year before that. Uh, we we had pretty much like. Really nice weather for Halloween, it felt like, for like 15 years in a row. It was, I don't remember, I'm sure there was one or two in there that I'm forgetting about, but the vast majority of the years, all I have to do is look at all the pictures over the years that we've got. Like, nobody's all bundled up underneath the costume or or anything like that. I think it was nice. This is going to be, I'm not the coldest ever, but this is going to be, you know, kind of about as cold as it's been for quite a while over the years, and so I don't know what that does to volume. I'm trying to make the... I'm trying to write, make the efficient candy purchase at my house. Yeah. So I yeah, can... you guys sat outside in your driveway last year. Did we? I don't yeah. even remember. I don't even remember. That. I only remember because we brought Millie by. You guys had a fire pit going. Did we? Wow, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> Why do I remember more about? I have no idea, life? man. I, I don't. I barely. I kind of remember it now that you. Now that you say it, but yeah, that was kind of fun. Maybe we'll, oh, we did that because we had our dog, and we were afraid he was going to go berserk. That's oh, what right. it was. Yeah. Every time the doorbell rang, Reggie was pretty new. Crud, we probably need to do that again this year. But the high right now <laughs> is it's going to be colder tomorrow than it is today. Your high for tomorrow is going to be thirty-seven. It's kind of like what we saw on on Saturday, and like uh, it looks like. Plenty of wind as well. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Like if you get started at about uh, six o'clock trick or treating, you're talking about like 43 degrees dropping throughout. Uh, the wind will kick up a little bit later at night, so that might not be that much of a problem. Dry at least, though. So that's good. Not expected to be any precipitation uh, between now and then. But chilly here for the next two days, especially on on Tuesday. Uh, warming up Wednesday, and then we're back into the. Then we got a nice little stretch. It looks like Caleb of fifties and sixties, like uh, those those fall temps that we really like are good. starting to come back after Halloween on Tuesday. Well, but, here's our here's our plan. We already know what our plan okay. is tomorrow. We're going to the mall. Because she can kind of just run around they, a little bit. Do they have like a trick or treat thing? Yeah, there? across okay. the whole mall. Okay. Um, so last year was a little chaotic because like Millie just wanted to leave us and chase all of the kids that were dressed in those big like dinosaur things. For whatever reason, she thinks those are the the bee's knees, man. Yeah. She loves those. Um, so we think we'll be a little bit better today. She's a little bit more under control. But we're going to do that, then we're going to hit like three houses in your neighborhood. <laughs> All right. That's, that, that, that's, what, that's where we're headed. All right. That sounds good. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome to come over, uh, stop by. Because I, We've yeah, been I just... spoiled in your neighborhood. We got beer two years ago. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just by the way, a number one, it wasn't for me, and b it was for the adults. I assume. What? Well, yes, assume, it, they yes. did not put it yes. in our daughter's. Just, just to clear, just to cl- just to defend my neighborhood, just for a moment here. Uh, what, what, where, where are you? Uh, where are you? Where are you supposed to be for Halloween? Anyway, here's a bush light. <laughs> Uh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot that that had happened. Well, anyway, I've, I gotta. I gotta make. I finally, after the the Halloween candy being out on shelves since the last week of July, I finally have to make my purchase here either today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Always happens. Walk by it. Walk by it five hundred times from July twenty fifth to October thirtieth, uh, and now I actually have to get out there and, and buy something. So. We'll be ready for that. Uh, yeah. So obviously Halloween coming up to tomorrow. Uh. Other things going on here in 
the capital city. Obviously, a big sports weekend once again. Victories for Nebraska volleyball, two of them. Victory for Nebraska football. Victory for the soccer team. They advance, uh, as you mentioned, in the Big Ten tournament. And so they're going to move on to have games Columbus, Ohio. uh, And then two victories for the basketball teams as well. I had my first chance to get out to, well, obviously there haven't been any games before this. I was back out at Pinnacle Bank Arena yesterday and... uh, Took in, took in the uh, the sights and sounds once again in Nebraska basketball, and uh, Casey Tomanaka got hurt during the game, and it's like the entire it wasn't a packed house by any means, but like I felt like everybody was kind of just sad for the rest of the game. Yeah, I'm trying to go through cleanup for stuff, and my phone is just lighting up with notifications. I'm like, what is happening? Oh, Casey Tomanaga's ankle is sideways. Yes. Yeah. Um. It, it, there's not been any update. Fred Hoiberg said last night on KLIN, is, didn't know how long he about, but he sounded like we were talking about days, right? essentially, not weeks or months or anything like that. So mm-hmm. he he said to Ken and Jake, he essentially said, hey, hopefully we'll get him back in a few days. So looks like the, the more I've kind of seen pictures of it and people who know more about injuries than me said it looks like a lower ankle sprain, the kind that you want, I guess, if you're going to, you don't want any of them, but if you're going to sprain your ankle, the one that heals faster than would mm-hmm. kind of a twisting high ankle sprain. So hopefully that's good news. For, and sometimes with ankles, the, the, the still frames, the pictures look worse than what they are. There, yes. there, there are times that you'll see, you'll see guys, girls, whoever, I'm kind of just trying to use that in general. You'll see the turned ankle in a picture. I've seen some pictures of myself in high school where, mm-hmm. like, you see that ankle, and it's like the shin should not be touching the ground. Yeah, but yeah. the picture didn't look good. Like, the like, freeze frame. Like a lot of times, you just kind of spring up from there, and there's still some adrenaline, and then maybe there will be a little bit of swelling. But like you said, uh, Hoiberg, hoping that they'll get a good good update this morning. Yeah, and the, they don't, they don't play again until Monday, and. You know, no offense to what Lindenwood, Lindenwood, St. Louis I think area. They've Let's got go. some matchup. I think they've got some matchups early that even if they had to let him recover and and rest a little bit, given that he played like super high level basketball all summer internationally, <laughs> it might be okay. So I'm in a. I've calmed myself down from from that whole situation since that happened. One thing we'll talk more about what happened on the field with Nebraska football later. One thing that was odd to me is just how much Memorial Stadium cleared out during that game against Northwestern, and just how empty it was Purdue. during the... Purdue. Whatever. The game on this week. That's all right. Halfway through my recap, I re, uh, like my, my game story from Saturday, I realized I was writing Northwestern for everything. Right. Uh, <laughs> regardless, again, the, the game this weekend, how just how completely... Yeah. And I don't know, you were there, so maybe you got a good... Vid, like, it did, it looked full to start? Yes? No. 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 Like, I mean... Full-ish. That's why, man, I'm taking a lot of heat on social media because they announced the the game's attendance, 86,000-something. I was like, no. like that, that, that's a, Anyone with eyes can see that's not what it is. And I know that with an attendance, they add in everyone else that is there. It's not just tickets and butts in the seat. And a lot of people were saying, oh, we, we huddled in the concourse in the concessions area. I'm like, so you came to Memorial Stadium to hang out in the concourse? Um, which is fine, like to each their own. But also, like you could look out there. There there were not 10,000 people huddled near the concession yeah. stands. Like yeah. it, So I, I would have guessed that there was... Maybe seventy, seventy-five thousand. There wasn't eighty-six thousand there, but like it was, it wasn't full. And then as the game went on, especially at halftime, because 
at Memorial Stadium, they let you leave at halftime to come back in if right. you want. There was a lot of people didn't take advantage of the re-entry into the second half. Which I like. I understand if things are going terribly. Like I had that temptation during the Michigan game when Nebraska, and it was also miserable weather on the other side of the spectrum. Then in terms uh, of hot, but we we stuck around. We stuck it out to the fourth quarter. But but that was like a good fun game for the most part. I mean, listen, the, I don't know if the offense, the, the defense is always fun to watch. But like that whole game, it was close. Uh, or, or Nebraska was Nebraska was leading. Um, you had some good know, offensive like, plays. I was looking forward to that second half, so I was just odd. I'm just curious what it is, why that happens, because that's not something that would have. Is that just sort of a beat down fan base over the year that just they're just not willing to take in bad weather elements for the you know for the joy of being at the game, even if it looks like it's going to be a successful slash good game. Like I really don't know. It, it it's a fascinating situation to me. I think some of it is obviously weather plays a part in it. For right. some for some people after a while you're like, "You know what? I've had enough. We can just go get in the car." I think some of it is just overall apathy for for being at the game and the program. It's kind of like you're there. This is the event that you go to. You had tickets. This is this is the game you got in the off season or you had some friends say, "Yeah, you can have the Purdue game." And you went and it's well, We've we've kind of seen enough. I think Nebraska's going to win, but if they yeah. don't, we'll hear about it in the car. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's, and it's still different it's than even weird. a week ago. It's weird to me that in that game that happened. Right. Because And like, the Nebra- season, you're on a winning streak, right? Yeah, no, Nebraska's winning. Right. Like, it would be so much different if things are going the other way. And I considered it a little different a week ago when you knew people were trying to either get to the Devaney Center or they wanted to get home to watch the match. Right. So you had people leaving Northwestern a little bit earlier than probably you normally would have in a one-score game. But even still, I think, to me, there's just, because there hasn't been the winning, and the weather was way less than ideal, like not the worst ever, but it was still very much less than ideal, there's just an apathy around just, being at the game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I guess I sort of get... Like, I have some opportunities to go, well, shoot, I could have, you know, anybody could have bought tickets to that game on the secondary market for 10 bucks. You could have uh, got, I saw there was club level 50-yard line for, like, $60. Yeah, I mean, anywhere between probably 10 but, and ten and 50, you could have gotten good good deals. Like, if you wanted to go, and then in addition to sometimes you know people who offer you tickets and stuff, like, I'm kind of that way too, though. Like, I was looking forward to to watching it at home mm-hmm. this weekend, and and yeah, it's it's getting less attractive to go to games, uh, which is which is I think something. And this has been going on for a while, but I don't know. It seems to maybe have hit a, a new level for some and reason. I, think and I don't some, know what it is. Some of that might also be so. Mike Schaefer, who we'll talk to later in the show, he talks a lot about the game day experience for Nebraska. I think some of that is where you see the same thing over and over, and year year after year after year. There's not you're not seeing like giant advancements in what. What brings people to the game is they want to be there. Obviously, it's the product on the field. Mm-hmm. But guys, this is still what the university does outside of what happens on the field is entertainment. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that needs to go into that game day atmosphere beyond the players on the field. Yeah, 
I, I, but I still get, yeah, it's still hard to, to completely figure out because I thought the biggest key was just that, you know, it was losses. It was kind of a bad seasons, games that looked like they weren't going to end v- very well for Nebraska. None of that was necessarily there in, in this game, you know, despite what happened at you, the end. You but, had interceptions. You had a pump block return right, for a touchdown. Right. You had a, you had a long Nebraska, right. Nebraska well, kids, yeah. Nebraska kid passing touchdown. It was a relatively, up until the very end of the game, it was a relatively fun game to watch, uh, I thought. You, you had a 15 play drive right. yeah. just to, capped off by a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be curious if anybody left early. What, if the, what, what? I'm not blaming you. Look, I left. I've done. I've done it before too. I don't think I would have in that game. And left, but I also wasn't outside, so I don't know how uncomfortable. Maybe people underdressed or or something like that. I think so. I, I heard from a number of people that said like they got there, realized that they were not dressed properly. Really? Maybe and, that was and, and it. Left pretty quick. Maybe that was just the biggest thing. We've not adapted to what we need to be wearing. I I got a little worried about myself this weekend because I was outside a little bit. Took my dog out to the dog park and did a bunch of stuff. And, like, I was bundled. It was, I mean, what was it? Like, 40 degrees yesterday, windy. Sun was out. Um, I was out there at the dog park, and I'm like, I am freezing. Like, I put on, I had, like, a like a ski mask thing. <laughs> I, didn't have a, I didn't have a hat on, and I didn't have a hood. So I put that on to keep my ears warm, and I'm like, why am I? Th- it's not, like, 10 below. It's 40, mm-hmm. and I am freezing. Maybe maybe our bodies all just need to acclimate for a few weeks here. Well, it's it's all relative to what we've been used to. Yeah. We had like 80s and then maybe that's 30s. I don't know, but I I was like, man, I'm in for a long winter if I thought yesterday was that bad. We didn't get a good enough transition period is what that's it was. It. Well, it's kind of coming back, it sounds like, at the end of this week. So, All right, 624, that's what's going on this morning. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends coming up 10 minutes from another Fantasy Husker keyword, a brand new week. We'll tell you about that in a little bit here on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right. It is time for another week of fantasy Huskers. Your chance to predict what is going to happen in Nebraska's game, or something about the game, per our prompt. And if you do that well, you've got the opportunity to win free pizza and free gear. 
from Alumni Hall and Valentino's. Not pizza from Alumni Hall. The pizza's from Valentino's. The gear, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gear. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they sell pizza there. Maybe they sell T-shirts at Valentino's. But <laughs> I, I would go the other way. Uh, first of all, let's review last week. Uh, who was our winner last week, and uh, what did they? Uh, what did they guess? Well, you had a couple of penalties wipe away a couple passing attempts, which means it sits at eleven, and that was our lowest guesser. I knew it, Chris in Olathe. Play on the edges. Which, when you look at it, there were also guesses of twelve and thirteen, and then there was a fifteen, sixteen, seven. So every single one would have changed a potential winner, but as it stands, 11 official passing attempts on the game. Chris is our winner. Uh, Schaefer was trying to get people to go higher. I kept saying, I think it's low. I think it's low, and yeah. Oh, you're getting lunch. Plays that whole thing out. Oh, yeah, we did a lunch bet on it, didn't we? You did a lunch bet. All right. You had plenty of room to spare. I, I kind of forgot about that. I don't even. What do we set the number at? Well, you said 16 and a half, and he said, oh, I'll give you 17 and a half. Okay, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. So we're all winners here today, but especially Chris and Olathe. He's the big winner. We start a new week of Fantasy Huskers. Uh, if you're just joining us, you know how it works. We give a keyword every day at 635 and 810. You text that in to 402-479-1400 to prove to us you are listening and heard it. We will pick among the people who text that in uh, to get the draft pick for that period, particular moment. So this will be the first draft pick overall this week. So the topic, I'll tell you this first. The topic this week is going to be... When, during the game, does the first turnover happen from either team? Okay, turnovers have become big items in Nebraska football games, even on both sides of the ball last Mm -hmm. time around. So, when do you think the first turnover will happen? So your guess will be a quarter and a time remaining. Uh, I would, I, I guess you can guess if you would like to. If you really want to be out there, you can guess this game will be turnover free. That's, that, that would that's, be intriguing. That's an opportunity to pick. That's to each his or her own. But we need a quarter and a time remaining for when the first turnover of the game happens. By the way, the first turnover of this last game happened first quarter, 1451 remaining on the clock. <laughs> and and the week more before, about the same. <laughs> about the same. So, uh, yes. So here is your word if you want that first pick. This is going to be an interesting one, Caleb. Uh, the... Keyword this week is streak. Streak. S T R E A K. Streak. Text in that word 402 479 1400, and you will be in the running for getting that first pick overall and throwing it out there. And that will add an interesting component to watching this game this week. First turnover of the game. When does it happen? All right. It's time for our sound off, Caleb. Uh, so, and real quick, uh, just a heads up as I'm, I'm getting ready for the sound off here. Uh, big week of activities here going on at KLIN. We do have our Salvation Army Turkey Drive coming up. It is this Friday, um, and this is where we partner up, as we have been doing for years, obviously, with the Salvation Army, and they're putting together holiday meals for people who it's just not in the cards for them to be able to get it on their own for a variety of reasons. And the the hardest part of that is getting the actual, the bird. It can be the most expensive part and the most difficult thing to make sure that they've got in all of these. And so we're going to help them out 
with the Turkey Drive this Friday. It's coming up 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, here's here's what you do. It, we're going to do it at two different Hy-Vee locations, wherever works best for you, either Williamsburg near 40th and Old Cheney or 70th and Pioneers. You can either just make a cash or food donation right there in the store if you'd like to. Um, me and my colleagues are going to be out at those places all day long. I'm actually going to be at 70th and Pioneers Hy-Vee from 1130 to 130. Uh, you can also enter there to win Trans-Siberian Orchestra Ticket. So, if you want to get in the holiday spirit, if you're doing some shopping anyway for the weekend on Friday, stop by, see me from 1130 to 130 at 70th and Pioneers, or wherever you uh, want to go of those two locations, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the 70th and Pioneers or 40th and Old Cheney Hyvee locations. All right. So, with that said, let's jump in to our sound off today. Congress has a speaker. Time to get going. With the federal government's business, what do we got coming up this weekend? The first full week for new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has Congress voting on three appropriation spending bills that fund different parts of the government. The week could also see Republicans make progress on a short-term spending bill to keep the government open past the November 17th deadline. Congressman Michael Guest from Mississippi, joining many GOP members in wanting one that goes until January to give lawmakers time to negotiate. Let's try to really push the House and Senate to work together to come to some compromise on some final spending bills, and let's get those bills passed. The House bills have included spending cuts President Biden has threatened to veto. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right, and then taking a look at the 2024 presidential race. Got another debate coming up here fairly soon. Uh, but kind of a, a surprise just when and how it happened. And it didn't even get feel like it got a ton of coverage with all of the news that's going on right now. But uh, the Republican primary is down a candidate. Mike Pence kind of surprises people at the end of a speech that he was giving uh, over the weekend that he is going to uh, he's going to be dropping out of the race. It was a shocking announcement because the people here in this auditorium had no idea it was coming. Us in the media section, we didn't have any idea because it just came at the end of his speech. This is a major change in the Republican presidential primary contest where you've got the former vice president, 64-year-old Mike Pence, who is uh, out there. who has been campaigning since early June for this. He's always uh, talked about this has been a long-term goal of his to reach again for the White House, that he is dropping out of the race for the presidency. He told the crowd that he simply believes that this is not his time. But again, this is a stunning change for the former vice president who, by all accounts, was still struggling going into the next debate. In fact, he hadn't even qualified yet for the third debate, which is going to be taking place in Miami a little less than two weeks from now. And I feel like the coming coming few weeks, you're going to start to see more of this. It'll start to coalesce around a smaller group of of candidates here at this point. Um, I mean, you still have in the race Christy DeSantis, Haley Ramaswamy, Trump, Scott Burgum, uh, Hutchinson is still in it as well. Uh, Larry, it's I'll- interesting that it took this long for Mike Pence to go. It's not this isn't my time for yeah. for a run. When we said from the very beginning, especially you said what like what is his base who is that, his base like, like yeah. who's he trying to pull away from everyone else i just don't know who his base was because parts of yeah well i don't need to explain it now uh but yes he's at larry elder actually got out too i didn't even hadn't even realize that so this next debate is going to be coming up november 8th so a week from uh a week from wednesday in miami uh, you only have four candidates who are in it right now with about a week to go, and that's Christy, DeSantis, Haley, and Ramaswamy. They have all qualified under 
the polling criteria, the donor criteria, uh, the loyalty pledge, and that has gotten them in. Now, um, Trump, I assume, isn't coming. Um, Tim Scott has not yet qualified. He apparently still has pending some national polls. Uh, I think there's probably still a decent chance that he he gets in, but we'll see there. Uh, Doug Burgum is not qualified on the poll criteria either, and nothing yet. Uh, Asa Hutchinson hasn't hasn't qualified at this point either. I can't imagine his can't uh, his campaign is going to be going on uh, much longer. And I would guess probably Scott and Burgum are among the next few who are going to be saying that they're going to call this clusters. I was wrong about Scott. I kind of thought he had a shot of of being the main the main challenger to Trump from the primary mm-hmm. uh, doesn't look like I'm going to be right on that. I've been wrong about primaries before, <laughs> though. So I told you, I, I, I told you, I still have continued to go back and say how I, I predicted in 2008 that your general election was going to be Hillary Clinton versus Rudy Giuliani, which now. Oh, that was a miss. Yeah, it was big miss. Big miss there. <laughs> All right, other things uh, going on here. Uh, Sad news from the entertainment world over the weekend uh, as Matthew Perry, famous for the show Friends, passes away. Um, Kind of in an odd situation here where there's not a ton of information. An investigation is underway following the tragic death of Matthew Perry. Perry was found dead Saturday in a hot tub at his Los Angeles area home. He got his start as a child actor, landing guest spots on Charles in Charge and Beverly Hills 90210. But his big break came in the 1990s as Chandler on Friends, a sitcom about six single New Yorkers navigating adulthood. More recently, Perry released a best-selling memoir, Matthew Perry was 54 years old. And I remember all the interviews and everything, Caleb, wasn't that long ago. I don't know what what time of year it was released last year, but he was doing all kinds of interviews, and he talked real openly about his addiction issues Mm -hmm. that went way back into his life, into his teenage years and health problems that had come along with that, and not only alcohol, but but, uh, opiates as well and, and other things. And I don't know. I mean, I don't... Obviously, I don't know what happened here, but if, if it was a drowning in the uh, in the hot tub, you wonder if that plays in at all. But they haven't been saying a whole lot. They don't have a, a whole lot more no. in terms of what happened exactly. Well, here, and they but, just had the, the that friends reunion not long ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, really sad. He was in his fifties, um, so really sad to to see that happen when it looked like he was kind of you know. And again, I don't want to speculate too much on on what happened exactly, but it sort of like felt like he had sort of come out and said hey you know these issues have been a huge part of my life and i'm telling people about them and obviously trying to take some steps for myself at this point um but obviously it can be it can be incredibly tough so sad story there other things going on this morning this is interesting so there is some thought that uh archaeologists have uncovered the actual Noah's Ark from the Bible and other texts. I feel like we've texts. heard this before. Why is this? What, what's new? Well, here? let's take a listen, then we can we can look back here at this thing. Here is uh, here is why they feel that way. Archaeologists excavating ruins in Turkey believe they may be a step closer to finding the biblical Ark. 
They found a 5,000-year-old boat-shaped mound in eastern Turkey where the catastrophic flood is believed to have occurred. In the Bible, Noah was commanded by God to build the ark and take two of every animal in it before a massive flood struck. In addition to Christianity, holy texts have mentioned Noah's ark, including Judaism and Islam. Well, scientists say additional testing of soil and rock samples is necessary to prove or disprove that this might be the legendary ark. Sue Guzman, Fox News. So this is interesting. They they released these findings, um, the the rock and soil samples, mm-hmm. determined they found clayey materials, marine materials, and seafood were present in the area between 5,500 and 3,000 B.C. This is according to a Turkish newspaper. There are three Turkish and American universities that have been investigating the theory of the site since 2021 on this. Uh, it's about two miles from the Iran Turkey border, um, and it's a it's a 538 geographic feature, and it's believed by some people, including the people who are looking at it, uh, that they think it is the petrified remains of Noah's Ark. You can pull up pictures of it. I mean, you can look at it yeah. yourself. It looks like uh, it looks like it could be. I assume sort of laying upside down, a boat laying. Upside down, essentially, and then they've got some imagery here, too, that goes along with it as well. It's it's fascinating to take a look at this. They took 30 rock and soil samples from those ruins and analyzed the findings with this. Um, and according to the first findings, it's thought that there have been human activities in the region um, between 5,500 and 3,000 B.C., like I said before. The size and shape of the formation correlate with the dimensions of what the ark is said to be in the Bible. Uh, with a length of 300 cubits, it's width 50 cubits, and it's height 30 cubits. So interesting. Yeah, take a look at it. It is uh, it is very interesting. Take a take a look at that whole deal. All right, other items. Um, <laughs> let's see how much time do I have left here. What is my? Let me look at this. All right. Oh, we got to. You got a here. minute. We got a minute. Let's let's do this one. Um, so it sounds like Elon Musk is going forward with this idea to make Twitter sort of X now, this all-in-one thing that's way more than just mm-hmm. this. I got an alert last week that says I can now do video calls yeah, and audio calls that. on yeah. it, like FaceTime, sort of, which I'm not quite sure if I would use that. But nonetheless, also going forward with this idea of it as a play, uh, payment platform as well. With all the discussion and controversy about digital currencies like Bitcoin and proposed variants operated by central banks, Twitter, or X, wants in the game. At a staff meeting, the owner, Elon Musk, says the social network is now working on a payments platform that could potentially replace your bank account and that money transfers from paying back a friend for coffee to securities transactions could be done through the X app. Musk says he expects this feature to be ready by the end of next year. Eben Brown, Fox News. All right. It'll be interesting to see what the what the sales job is exactly to use that as opposed to the things that you're all yeah, right. Can, you know. Count me out until it, they get any of the other features uh, Well, would it be... I mean, is it like Venmo, or is it something more than that? I think that's the interesting question. All right, it's 6.52. Here's an Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Your whore Husker football is 1,499.3. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. Brett Anderson. It's time for Tom's Talk on 1,499.3. KLIN. 
It was 1907 when the People City Mission got its start here in Lincoln. The city's largest homeless shelter was started by local churches that offered food and shelter to transient and impoverished men, women, and children. Today, the mission houses about 80% of all the homeless in the city. The man who runs the mission is Pastor Tom Barber. He began his stint as CEO back in 2004. His career actually began in the business world where he ran two very successful companies. His professional roadmap then took him in a completely different direction. I had been a pastor at a church, and then I was running a, a campus ministry at UNL and uh, was actually working on a doctorate in marketing and teaching marketing at the university. Got to the dissertation and realized uh, at that point, I think the press said, I really didn't want to be a researcher. I had gone to get a doctorate just so I could be a campus pastor. But UNL is a research university, and they really wanted a commitment to research, which was really not my calling. The mission became available. Barber tells me he thought he would be at the mission maybe a year or two. And then basically uh, move on and try to work my way back into business, which had been my background prior to going into a, a Christian ministry. And I was headed the other direction and, and got here at the mission. I had no idea that this would be where I believe God called me to be. That was not my intent at all. When he started as CEO 20 years ago, Barber says the mission was a very small operation, and he came up with a plan. To grow it. And so we started applying some of the principles I knew in business and marketing and as well as just trying to connect people to poverty to get more of a need. Lincoln was way underserved in terms of shelter space. Even today we are. We've grown now from a million to over $20 million and we're seeing a lot more people. If we were to go to Omaha, they have four shelters all bigger than we are and they're just twice our size. Barber says the growth that they've experienced is a direct result of the generosity of Lincolnites over the past 20 years. He says more than 95% of their support comes from individuals, groups, businesses, and churches. We're doing this almost all on donations. We, we get uh, about 1% of our money from any sort of government assistance or help. Almost all of it's coming from donations and from our recycling operations. And I believe that's maybe unique in the country. Almost every mission that's our size, 20 million or more in terms of revenue, get a fair amount from government. Ours is coming from the public. He tells me they don't get a lot of money from a few people. They receive small donations from thousands of supporters. And Barber says the average individual donation they receive is about $300. I don't know what the exact number is, but I know it's well over 30,000 families that are giving us small donations and a couple hundred businesses and I think 122 churches or something is how we're funded. We estimate that 40-50% of Lincoln is either giving us something or getting something from us, so our outreach in the community is pretty large. Barber says one of the biggest challenges they face moving forward is space. He alluded to it earlier, but he says they simply don't have enough room for the men, women, and children who need shelter. We are really small compared to other cities, and we're going to put some stats on our website that show that Lincoln, compared to other communities around the country, our size, we're shelter poor. They have way more shelter space than we do. And homeless shelters play a very important role in sort of being that safety net while people get into some of these other programs. So they're very essential in any community. In addition to the shelter, the mission also operates the Help Center at 68th and P. It opened in 1990 and takes the donations the community gives and distributes them to low-income families at no cost. 
Barber says the need for assistance continues to grow every year. And I think sometimes Lincoln tends to hide its poverty well. And so we tend not to see it. Uh, We have no idea of what's going on. But there are a lot of people here that are really struggling day to day to make it. And I think we really don't see the impact of it as much as we we could maybe in other other cities. As the holiday season approaches, Barber tells me they will do everything they can to make sure kids in need have toys and presents, and that their families get what they need so they can celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas like everyone else. Hear Tom's Talk Saturdays at noon and Mondays at 6.55 or listen to the podcast anytime at KLIN.com. worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back. 709, 20 degrees. Burr in the capital city this October 30th, 2023. Glad to have you back with us this morning. I'm Jack Mitchell with Caleb Henry. Mark Vale out this week. So Stephen Hardesty in the KLI newsroom, who you heard there. Uh, we're about half hour away from your morning drive. We'll count down the five things people are talking about today. Eight o'clock hour, we'll talk to Tim Haruza about Nebraska news and politics and Mike Schaefer from Husker 24-7 as well. And we wake up this morning. We woke up yesterday morning as well. Nebraska football. Sit down for this. Three game winning streak. First time since 2016. Yep. It has been seven years that this program has had this much momentum in terms of getting the W. And they go in to the next game on Saturday at Michigan State with a chance to get their sixth win of the year and wrap up the eligibility for a bowl game prior to Thanksgiving. Well, I guess all the games are prior to the Thanksgiving, but barely, almost in the month of October. First game of the game, first game uh, of November, with still three games remaining after that one. Which um, I don't think, if you offered anyone that in August, that they would have turned that down. There's no, there's no chance. I don't think anyone would to say, "Hey, you're going to have six wins with three games left." You would say that's about as good as I could have. Mm-hmm. It's about as good as I could have imagined this. This would go. Um, yeah, regardless of what what games were 
on either side of the win-loss column. If you just said, start of the year, hey, we're, we're spot you two, two-thirds of the way into the season. Right. Nebraska's 5-3. and three. Do you take it? You say, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent you would. Uh, most people would, at least. Unless there's somebody out there who thought Nebraska was getting, what, nine, ten wins this year. I suppose they wouldn't. The The weird thing about it is, Caleb, I, I don't know... <laughs> I, I mean, trust me. Don't get me wrong. I am. I am happy. I am overjoyed to be in this position. The the joy of the victories and the progress shown by just getting victories outweighs, in my mind, any of the the concerns that are there. I just don't know how to react to this this season and the individual games. Just going completely differently than everything we've experienced for so long. And here's what I mean by that. I, we've talked about this many times that a lot of the games that Nebraska ended up in the short end, especially these close games over the last few years, featured some sort of moment during the game, usually in the second half, be it a turnover or a blocked punt or a long touchdown allowed or something that the collective fan base and I think the team and the coaching staff as well just sunk your heart because you just knew you knew even if even if that play didn't result in Nebraska losing a lead you just kn- knew somehow that it completely changed momentum in that game and it would it would be irretrievable an onside kick that you didn't get uh-huh. is another another scenario we, we are I think I'm talking to people who are all familiar with that moment and that feeling. We could go through game after game and uh, it from you know for the last five years and probably point out that moment and then how it was kind of a self fulfilling prophecy in all of those games. Well, you could have felt like that should have happened in the fourth quarter on Saturday. Well, that's uh, th- that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, it's 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 not ju- it's it's that. But Caleb, the the thing that here's what's here's what the difference is. These oblique moments are almost happening more often now than they used to. And they're all happening on one side of the ball, or at least offense and special teams. Mm-hmm. They're all happening, for the most part, on that. But they're happening frequently enough that there's, it's like there's no drama to them anymore. It's like, the, you know, at some point, you don't get, you know, your stomach doesn't turn when you see the same upsetting things so many times. You get numb to it almost, which I think has become a good thing. <laughs> I, th- I think... I think we're, we're so used to the pain over the course of a game it, that it doesn't affect us yes, as badly it's in the no longer It's no longer this dramatic, oh, here we go again with this one moment. It's like, no, because it's the same as the moment that happened five minutes ago, and the same is going to happen in five minutes as well. And like, and and so now, and the way that they're overcome is the same way too. It's the defense, it's the defense that makes a play or makes a series of plays after they're over. They have found a way, not to eliminate the oblique moment, but to kind of embrace it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's embrace it, but just like de-dramatize, mm-hmm. almost to to. To expect it and to embrace the response, embracing the response to it. Yes. And you've got the perfect tool to do that. You couldn't, I don't think you'd be able to do that 
you mean you know because some of the oblique moments were when the defense messed up and then the offense couldn't do anything after it. It's not it's not going that way this year. Yeah, it, just for the most part, it's not. Um, and so they've got this formula where the oblique moment happens on the first play of the game. <laughs> first of all, on the side. Last against Northwestern two weeks ago, first play from scrimmage, Nebraska throws an interception. I'm like, well, you can't really get a turnover earlier than that, can you? Turns out I'm wrong. <laughs> they they heard you. Turns out I'm wrong. <laughs> Opening kickoff, and it there are so many similarities in the last three games. There are so many similarities. Obviously, these last two, you had multiple early turnovers. But the way that the Illinois game ended and the way that the Purdue game ended in particular, where it looked like Nebraska was still going to try and give it away at the end, too, with turnovers, were just uncanny. It, it's, it really shows to me that the psychological work that Matt Rule has been trying to do on this team, trying to, you know... um undo whatever hexing and vexing had been happening in these moments over the year is having some success for whatever reason. Is it, you know, because he's been just, just done so well in changing their mindset. Is it just about, Hey, they've got a good defense. Now that changes everything. Maybe it is. I don't know, (laughs) but Nebraska is winning these games in some cases, in some cases, like, well, in all the cases, Caleb, on the verge of a blowout, of turning these games into a blowout, and then not doing it, but still winning fairly comfortably mm-hmm. in all of them. Like, you never really totally doubt it, but yet just riddled during the games with just unbelievable mistakes. Like, otherwise, backbreaking. Not one, not two, not three. <laughs> it's, it's the most bizarre season I've ever seen. And, like, the defense is so ridiculous at this point, so ridiculous that they are the mistake eraser Yeah, at this point. Yeah, there's there's so much confidence on that side of the ball that it's almost like when when they're off the field and the offense is on, they're, they're not paying any attention to, was it a three and out? Was it a 15-play drive that they ultimately scored? Was it a one-play drive that they scored? Was there... A, a turnover after four plays, like whatever right. happens, it's like they're being thrown out in practice in a scenario almost. They just go, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's they just go. Okay, so kickoff and they returned it to the twenty-two. Go, yeah. Or hey, there was a turnover and now they have it first and ten at your twenty-two. Like they stop. There's momentum doesn't exist with the other teams on the heels of these mistakes somehow. Mm-mm. Well, there there are times there there were other times on Saturday that it's like okay, well Purdue they take that 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 first drive of the game where they turn it over, and then it's okay. Well, they've got they went three plays and they haven't really gone anywhere, but it's still kind of far for a field goal mm-hmm. with this win, and you don't really want you're almost too far down here to punt unless you're just really trying to pin someone deep. It's too early in the game. So they go for it, and ultimately, the defense runs onto the field, backed up, and the defense picks up a yard. Right. <laughs> yeah. How many drives have there been after a quick turnover where the drive or the opposing offense gets goes backwards? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it feels like there's Where they're been... in field goal range, and all of a sudden, they're taking another snap, 
and they're at their own, at the yeah. forty five, or they're at the fifty, and it's like, well, they're they're setting up a really long third down here because like this is tough for them to get any points out of it. Yeah, and, and like, and, and there's obviously part of me that's saying, and you know, in all these games, hey. These these mistakes are going to come back to bite you, right? You're not going to be able to keep turning the ball over on the first play of the game. You would think, <laughs> or multiple <laughs> multiple times, you would think, or or giving up scooping scores late in the game, or putting the ball on the floor five times. Like, I I think that's typically true in football. I don't actually even know if that's really true this year, though. Well, I suppose if you 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 face off against a a much better a much better offense at some point, they they might get to you. But the other side of the coin is Caleb. If they the on the other side of that coin is yeah, you're at some point you're going to get bit on that. This is, but the other I said this five times. The other side of the coin is if the offense cuts those down at some point. Like again, you would have just gone through three blowouts. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get three wins where you lost the turnover margin in all three games. Right. Right, right. So I feel like you're on the verge of going either direction with this. To actually getting to actually having these things really, really cost you and really hurt you, or the defense not being as nearly perfect as they've been. But on the other hand, man, if the offense just, you know, doesn't turn it over, plays field position, pops a couple of big plays during the game, scores, I don't know, what seventeen, twenty one points. Yeah. It's gonna feel it could feel like a laugher. In some of these games as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is living on the edge, Caleb. Well, and it's the, the the way it's going is you've set yourself up with this defense and four games to go that you're absolutely in every one of these games specifically because because of that side of the ball. And then you look at the special teams and you go, okay, you had a 55 yard field goal go in on your side, and then. On the other side of your special teams, yeah, you had the fumble on the kickoff. Get the get that figured out. You muffed a punt. Get that figured out. But you also blocked a kick yeah. and ran it to the house. Yeah, special teams boomer bust. Yeah, like like you are all over over there. So it comes down to can the offense hold on to the ball? Like they're, pretty they're, much. Like they're gonna they're gonna find a way at some point in the game, put together a long drive or have a, a quick strike with that option pass that they just set up each game. It seems now. Can the offense hang on to the ball and it might have to finish fourteen to seven? Like they, it might only get to fourteen. I, I tweeted out after Nebraska's first touchdown. Would seven be enough? <laughs> like, like there, there's the opportunity. Erase the the turnovers and everything else going bad in the fourth quarter, and seven would have been enough. Yeah, because of this defense, not so much the offense not being able to score enough. It's can the offense just take care of the ball? There were a lot of people wanting the water boy offense in, in the fourth quarter. What, what you saw from the, the opponents in the Bourbon Bowl, kneel on it three times, punt it. <laughs> Let your defense go out there and handle the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It is crazy, and all of – it's just you're combining – it's a weird combinations of some of the worst things you've ever seen and some of the best things you've ever seen <laughs> – which has turned into the most momentum this this program has had in seven years. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest sentence. It's the weirdest sentence possible. And then coming into a Michigan State game on the road now, where Nebraska is favored. Yes, here at this point. And then you just had Northwestern beat Maryland, right? And you had Illinois look good. After, Illinois beat Maryland after Nebraska. Yeah, beat Illinois. So those right? so those are your next two. 
And then you were already looking at Wisconsin and Iowa as, as being winnable games at the end there, too. Very beatable teams, and, and especially when you look at Iowa and what their offense is or is not doing. Like, that that game may end up 7-3. to three. What a ride this is going to be. <laughs> what a ride. And I'm telling you. It's a fun November. If they rip off another couple of wins. I don't know how you don't really consider Matt Rule for, you know, being the best coach in the conference this year, coach of, coach of the year honors. And you, because you add in all of the injuries yeah. on top of everything else. It, it, yeah, I agree. It would be very tough. Now, here's something Matt Rule said in the post game was when he was coming off the field, someone said, one more, coach, one more. So he's talking about a bowl game. He says, do you want just one more? Because I, I want more. I, I want I want more than that one more. To defend one more guy, I think one more guy means one more until we get to this point. Just to defend one more guy. Nope. Because I already said one more during this segment. Matt Rule wants four more. That's fine. I like that, too. <laughs> I want that, too. They're not mutually exclusive. Nope, they are. They are. You either want <laughs> four or you want one. Which yeah. which side are you on? Right, right. <laughs> um. Yeah, It's it's a weird... Fun, like, again, people are still, you listen to the call-in shows after after the game, and, and it's still people, obviously, happy Nebraska won, but can't believe the problems that are happening on offense and with the turnovers. Nebraska leads the nation in fumbles, by the way. Yes. Not good. And also what you had come out of Saturday is Jeff Sims cannot play anymore the rest of the season if he hopes to retain his red shirt. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would have. I don't know. I don't. I'm not even going to speculate. Whatever's happening there is weird too. So there's a lot I think we don't know about. I think something, so too. but I can't quite tell what. So, all right, that's what's going on with Husker football. They go to Michigan State on Saturday. You can hear it here on KLN. That's 11 a.m. kickoff. So bright and early, 7 a.m. pregame this week from East Lansing. All right, we'll take a break. 7:25 on KLN. From Jack Mitchell in the morning to Dan Parsons in the afternoon. And of course, Huskers. 1499.3 KLIN is the voice of Lincoln. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. So without any further ado, let's get it started with number five. Last week, we covered the story of a woman in a wheelchair being hit 
in a vehicle on West O Street and the vehicle leaving the scene. We got an update last late last week. It was a semi and law enforcement is still looking for it. Police say it has the words Metro Trailer on it and investigators are working with the leasing company to help identify the vehicle and the driver. LPD says after the semi left the scene, they found a piece of the vehicle. So there is at KLIN.com, we've got a picture up. Uh, They did have a camera that didn't necessarily catch the incident itself, but uh, found the truck that they're looking for. Okay. But, man, I heard this, Caleb, originally when we were talking about this the other morning. I had pictured kind of in my mind, you know, just a, a regular car. Mm-hmm. Driving around, driving, driving, didn't see the, the person in the wheelchair. A semi, I mean, on West O Street. That takes it up a couple notches. I mean, my goodness, and it's no wonder serious injuries were a result of, of this thing as well. And, well, a lot of questions. You know, you, know, you would think, one, one would kind of think if it was a leased, if it was a leased semi, be able to have a pretty decent idea. Mm-hmm. From the leasing company, the leasing company should be able to have a pretty decent idea of who would be the one who has it at this point. And so I can't imagine this is going to go on for a real long time. But at this point, they're they're still they're still trying to figure it out. And that piece of the vehicle that was left behind helped with this whole thing. Yeah, that so. that that is a, a question mark there because. Typically, there's really good paperwork on this, right? Mm. Like, who, ha- <laughs> who who's the driver for what vehicle? If yeah. you can find anything that's identifying about that vehicle and that right. trailer, that, that should lead to a, a pretty quick, pretty quick arrest here. Yeah. But, but like you said, still on the look. Yeah, um, I was gonna just just Google, Google. It. Okay, now I see Metro Trailer has. I don't know if these are all the same thing, but. It looks like there are several facilities here. Um, they have 20,000 pieces of equipment in their fleet. Um, they've got several several different locations as well from around the uh, around the country as well. And okay. you can rent, you know, all the vans, flatbeds, different types of trailers, mobile offices, um, storage trailer, storage containers. This is the kind of stuff that they do so that's that's a company but not something that's headquartered it looks like they're they've got um they've got locations in las vegas and tennessee uh and atlanta georgia charlotte north carolina birmingham alabama kind of concentrated around the south but also that one in las vegas as well so it is a big I mean, it's a big outfit with a lot of. Okay, that that part of it starts yeah, to make it's a not, little it's bit not more like sense. A, then, yeah, so that that's probably makes it a little bit more complex. Not like but, they're a fifty truck operation. Right, right exactly. Uh, all right, moving on. Number four, Waverly has been dealing with water supply issues for months. They declared an emergency this summer, urging residents to conserve wherever possible. City officials have updated the situation in the last few days, laying out plans to continue the efforts to deal with the drought which included suggesting the possibility Waverly could start buying water from Lincoln, but that possibility would require some significant infrastructure. I didn't realize this was still such uh, such an issue going on. I thought it was sort of, sort of a summer thing, and maybe the issues had let up. Apparently, they have not for people in Waverly, and the city basically put out a document and said, hey, we're working on these things behind the scenes, and number one on that list 
was buying water for Lincoln from Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they're involved in ongoing discussions at this point to see if it would be a possibility, but a big part of that would be engineering construction of of water main to to get from Lincoln to to tap off of Lincoln and get to Omaha to do the or Omaha not Omaha Waverly to do that. So that obviously would be an expense that goes along with that, but that's where they're at right now, Caleb, is that they're thinking about doing something like that that obviously be a a big investment in infrastructure and having to actually bring it in at that point. They've they've also been doing some other things. They've got one well that's out of service that they're trying to rebuild the well. well oh, man. Doing a construction timeline on that. They're looking for a completely... Talking to the NRD as well, Department of Natural Resources, to just see if, see if they can find a new water source as well. Mm-hmm. And they're continuing to say, hey, we're going to need you guys to conserve water here. And and, and that, a big part of that is outdoor outdoor watering. Well, and a, a couple parts on that. One, I know that Lincoln went through the same conservation of water request for people. And I know mm-hmm. uh, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird had come on. I think you were on vacation at the time, but when I talked with her, she said that there was a 30% plus reduction in water use after that request. So pe- uh, at least enough people took that seriously. But also, I saw so many places that were still watering all the time, especially right. businesses and uh, and like apartment complexes. There are so many times that I see, even now, last week we talked with Dr. Ken Dewey saying you don't need to water, and I was seeing places that were just like right. flooding the street and the sidewalk with their water. The other part on all of this is that isn't Lincoln currently trying to work on that water source from water the... Water 2.0. Yeah, yeah, water 2.0. So there's already a significant infrastructure change right. coming I'm sure that factors area. into all, to all those discussions as well if you're looking at doing it into the future. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's a tough deal. And, and they've got enough. Like, they will put out daily water usage every day because they, they basically said, look... The wells can have sufficient pumping levels if water usage is 700,000 gallons or less per day, right? And so they've gone through, but like they put out for September the numbers. A couple days in September were over a million, and it was still hot at the beginning uh-huh. of September. I'm sure that played in. By the end of the time that you got to the end of September, you were more like 478,000, 543,000, 478,000. The issue is when you get, and, and I assume that goes down significantly in the winter, but obviously you get to to summer once again and that will be uh will be an issue well so. you you know what happened the, the the reason that it's an issue everyone realized what kind of water waverly has and they said we gotta start bottling well, this that's getting it to our kids because that's how you get division it's hilarious one athletes. because you and i were joking during last volleyball season when when so many waverly athletes uh were on we're featured on the volleyball team and and playing really well. We always joked we got to get some of that water from Waverly. We did not anticipate this being the story. Did here, we start so. a run on water? On, I don't know Waverly it's, water. Yeah, I could. Oh, and the other thing is like they're even saying they're like, hey, by the way, the water restrictions are not just for existing lawns. It's also if you're putting down sod, you don't get an exception because yeah. you're putting down sod at this point. So. It's a serious deal there right now. So, well, hopefully, uh, for our friends in Waverly, they're able to they're able to figure something out Absolutely. with this in the months go forward. Number three. Oh, if you're going to be out and about like me tomorrow, it's going to be pretty cold for Halloween this year. So, get your kids and yourself 
bundled up now. Jack, what are, what are you seeing as you get yeah. things pulled up? So if, if what time do we start trick or treat? The sun goes down at about six twenty-five, I think six thirty here. So if we're if we're going at six thirty, like the earliest situation, uh, we're talking tomorrow. Uh, hold on, I'm getting my getting this pulled up here, so I have the right day. Yeah, we are. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we are talking tomorrow at six thirty p.m. Right when the sun goes down, about thirty-one degrees. Yeah, baby. Uh, wind chill of twenty-six. Now the the good news is wind will decrease throughout the day tomorrow, and by the time the kids are out trick or treating, there will be very little wind um, and no precipitation as well. So it's just going to be and and said it once. I've said it a hundred times, Caleb. Once we're talking about temperatures below about 50, below 40 maybe, mm-hmm. look less at the temperature, look more at the wind. Absolutely. Look less at the temperature, look more at the wind. So if it's zero wind, 30, 32 degrees, I think it's not going to – I think it won't be that bad. I think it won't be that bad. Now, still bundle up your kids, be safe, all of those things. But I may still bust the fire pit out and, and – uh Sit in the driveway again. Well, here, like, here's where we're at. So we're gonna start off. We're gonna go to the. We're gonna go to the mall. Like, that, that's become a pretty easy thing. Also, we almost have to, thanks to the number of uh, Lincoln Stars guys last year. That I think we're only supposed to get like one piece of candy, and every dude like gave her a handful, and then she got to the end, and they're like, "Here's more," and we're like, "Stop it, please!" <laughs> Stop for the it. love of Stop all it, that is Lincoln holy. Stars. I'm going to become a Lancers fan. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the Tri-City Storm if you don't stop it right now. Um, but, yeah, love, those guys were a lot of fun. Was, by the way, boo at the zoo before I get – women's basketball was out there. That was fun oh, to yeah? see them. Oh, um, yeah. But, but yeah, so we're going to hit up the mall. We're going to stay inside, and then we're going to go to your neighborhood and try to be in a neighborhood – because we live in an apartment complex, yeah, so we've right. got to go find a neighborhood. So you adopted, find people, you've you know. adopted my neighborhood. That's fine. We, we've adopted your neighborhood, and your neighbor who handed out bush lights adopted us. <laughs> um, so we're definitely going to hit up your neighborhood and warm up around the fire pit and maybe out of the wind as best, best as possible. I think you'll be all right. I don't think there's going to be wind anywhere, so I think that'll help if this if this forecast holds Good. right now. <laughs> By the way, it's no wonder I'm not very popular in my neighborhood. I didn't know my neighbors were just handing out beer to strangers. You're, you're, you're like, oh, here's a caramel apple, and they're like, hey, you guys Car- want the recall Car- all the way Caramel thing? apple, forget that. You're getting fun-sized Hershey's and one. <laughs> Number two. Uh, the, the cause of actor Matthew Perry's death at his residence Saturday will require additional investigative steps by the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office before reaching a conclusion. That's according to records from the agency. The medical examiner updated its online record for Perry on Sunday afternoon, listing his cause of death as deferred saying, quote, in cases where the cause of death cannot be determined at the time of autopsy, a deferred certificate will be issued until additional studies have been completed, end quote. That's according to the L.A. coroner's guidelines. So he's found unresponsive in his hot tub, according to the Los Angeles Times. But basically, you hear something like this, and I always do this now, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's... I don't know that it's insensitive. I think it's human nature. But whether it's a celebrity or whether it's anyone, you hear that somebody passes away and you're immediate. You just have a need to understand the reason Mm -hmm. that it happened. Right? And, like, there's there's sort of a weird thing in in my mind, at least. I don't know if other people have that. Like, you, you, you almost want it to be very 
explainable. You want it to be there's a known pre-existing condition, right? Or you want it to be because it's it's incredible. You get a certain age and it becomes incredibly scary when people out of nowhere, right, will will pass away yeah. because of a health issue that was unknown at this point. And so that was my what I wondered too. Now obviously he's got a he, I don't know if this played in. I don't know if it didn't, but he talked very openly last just last year about his history of sub, various substance abuses right. as well. So what they're doing is the toxicology report to to figure out if there were any foreign substances that could have contributed to his death at this point. I mean, you talk about being in a drowning in your own hot tub, uh-huh. and if that truly is the autopsy didn't show a heart attack first or something else, uh-huh. another health episode, it, I mean, it would appear you just really need to lose responsiveness for some reason for that to happen. Right. But, I think one of the things that, that as you alluded to uh, at, at, at the start of your comments, one of the things in life that is the hardest to ultimately understand is that we have a finite amount of time on Earth. And, and what does that mean for us? And whether it's somebody in our lives or at times when it is celebrities, someone like, like Matthew Perry, my my wife, like this, this kind of like this wrecked her for a little bit when we first saw the news because she grew up watching Friends. She saw this person was has been in her home for 20 plus years, almost mm-hmm. 30 years. So when you see those types of people that are a big part of your life, you want to have an understanding of that for them and then ultimately what that means for you because the understanding of death is still, you can go, yeah, we, we're, we're born, we live, we die. But our mind doesn't quite wrap all of that up in such a concise way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. Uh, so we'll wait until maybe a few weeks until, until you hear more on that. I know that's the first thing people are asking in addition to to uh, morning. And yeah, but feels like everybody knew. Uh, er, I mean, everybody knew who he was of all generations mm-hmm. just because that show had obviously when it was when it was around and then it just continued to be popular after the fact with the new generation some wild staying power yeah absolutely all right let's finish it up number one well both nebraska men's and women's basketball notched exhibition victories on sunday but perhaps the biggest news is what happened before the men's basketball game was over case tomanaga rolling his ankle there was some swelling coach fred hoiberg says he will be checked out today did not sound like this would be a long-term injury for oh. the Japanese sharpshooter. It happened. I was looking right down. I was there at PBA. I saw it happen, and I freaked out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. Uh, because it looked, I mean, you could tell he hurt. But it's like if you've ever had that sprained ankle when you step on someone's foot. Not necessarily a high sprained ankle, but a more you know a traditional lower one where your mm-hmm. foot just goes sideways. Which there's a screen cap from the... From the game itself, and you can see that. And you know, if you've had that, that that hurts very a lot when it happens. It's kind of shocking. So he kind of hobbled off after after it was over. But I listened to Fred afterwards, and like you said, he he basically said mm-hmm. to Ken Jake, he said he was talking about days, not weeks or months. Right. So and they've got a week. It's a week until the season opener. And even then, if if you go out and you get him limited minutes, if at all, against against uh, nothing against Lindenwood, right. but you can probably survive your first right. game, get him a couple extra days off. Or if you do play him, you play him ten minutes, just get him moving out on the floor in some decent situations that are good for him. Tell him not to push it. I, I think he'll be in a good situation. Something else for those I wasn't there, 
but for those that that were observing the game, did not come back out in crutches or a boot. So nope. that, that yep. that's, that's another big on. thing to see. Yeah, I, same thing. And he appeared happy, smiling, and and those sorts. And of he things, appears so. happy a lot. That's though. true. <laughs> Don't forget if you're listening, Casey Rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. I sprained my ankle once, and I still remember that. I thought you were going to be like Eli Rice is the guy. Right, and he had a good game too. Seven fifty six. It's Alan K today with Jack. Come back, or he'll take your remember rice. Come back, or he'll take your minutes. Two things to remember. Seven fifty six is Alan K today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Listen to the Friday Husker Tailgate every Friday this fall, presented by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three. Traffic. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, hey, coming up next hour, Tim Haruza, Mike Shaver. Hey, don't forget, we got the turkey drive coming up this week. Salvation Army's annual turkey drive, Friday, November 3rd. Uh, we're going to have our stations out at two high V locations during the day on Friday. Williamsburg near 40th and Old Cheney, 70th and Pioneers as well. That'll be 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Stop by. I'll actually be at the 70th and Pioneers one, 11.30 to 1.30. If you want to come out and say hi, you can make a donation, food, or cash and enter to win Trans-Siberian Orchestra tickets while you're there and get your groceries for the weekend as well. It's 8 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it's 808. Welcome back. Ellen K. Today with Jack and Friends on K-Line. 21 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you back with us. Uh, It's time to do quick fantasy Oscars before we talk to Tim Bruza. Last week's winner, if you missed it when we talked about at 635, was Chris and Olathe. Yes, yes. He correctly predicted 11 passes attempted. (laughs) I didn't realize it was that low. Like, I thought it would be low, but I didn't realize it ended up being that low. Officially three passes in the second half. All right. Very nice. Kristen Olathe wins the prize pack from Alumni Hall and Valentino's, and we re-rack everything and start again. We already have one qualifier at 635. This week's question is, at what time during the game does one of the teams commit the first turnover of the game? When does the first turnover happen? Quarter and time remaining. What do you guess? Uh, It's been very early the last few games, so we'll see. it'll be interesting to see if people are going to Play those odds. Think it's got to change. 
Uh, and I will say that if you want to guess there are no turnovers in the game, more power to you. That Do is it. that is an available guess to you. <laughs> I would be impressed if that if you called that and you were right. So uh, you got to text in the keyword, though, to uh, be in the running to get a pick. So what's our keyword this week? Bowl. Bowl. B-O-W-L. Bowl. bowl. You jinx them if you say bowl, Caleb. I every I, the amount of people no. who have said that to me when I've talked about bull projections. No, we're trying to make it happen. I'm yeah, putting it into the universe. See, okay? that's how. I mean, so far it's it's worked pretty good. Manifest it. And by the way, if you could jinx sporting events by talking crap or predicting ahead or saying things are going to go well, I the volleyball team would never win a game with the way that I tweet about their matches. So just just saying, Twitter <laughs> Twitter and uh, other jinxes don't exist. Because I've already disproven them. All right. <laughs> Tim Rusa joins me right now. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. How are you, Jack? Good, good. I, I don't believe... I, d- jinx people, people who are always on you for jinxing things drive me nuts. That's not what chaps in my head Wednesday, but I'm I'm already there. I'm already are there. You, are, you, are you a sports fan at all if you're not superstitious, though? Like, doesn't that just come with the territory? Yeah, I, I, I guess. I don't think I really am. I don't think <laughs> I really... Like, oh, I got... You gotta wear your favorite hat. You gotta wear your gotta wear your jersey. You gotta wear whatever. That's true. I am more likely to think what I'm wearing is going to change the outcome than something I tweet. But <laughs> I think I've told you this before. But I got into the habit like during COVID times of like going for a run and either listening to it on the radio or just not listening and coming back and checking the score. I still get texts from friends who are like, "Dude, you got gotta go for a run today." <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you go for a run, we win or whatever. It's like, yeah, even if it is, even if it don't is, don't watch the game. Sl- we win when you don't watch. Even if it is sleeting and thirty-six degrees out, we're going to need you to go for a run. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, we may need to use that later for this season. Uh, hey, okay, man, we're favorites this weekend. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Things are kind of fun again, Tim. Are you having you fun? I've got. A, are you I've back got a in? Attitude about. I'm. All, I'm not. I'm not Sad. back into the point where I'm sitting on the couch throwing stuff at the TV yet. But I am watching. I am paying attention. I am positive about the direction of this program. It's a good step. He's not out exercising. First step, baby step. <laughs> uh, all right, Tim, uh, some questions for you here. Uh, yesterday there was news because the Attorney General's office had filed some lawsuits from the Consumer Protection Division of the Attorney General's office against retailers of Delta 8 around the state, predominantly asking uh, for the court to rule in their favor based on allegations that uh, there were not proper identification of ingredients, there was labeling that was designed to appeal to minors, they weren't carting people when they should as well. Um my question to you is, d- does this, and maybe it was it was happening before this, but why hasn't there been any legislative um, work on this prior? Because Nebraska is not a particularly marijuana-slash-cannabis-friendly state. I think I'm not going on a limb saying that. Yet there are states that I would say are more friendly to it that have made this stuff illegal, and I haven't heard of any attempts to do that from a legislative situation yet does this signal that more people are kind of this is getting on the radar more and maybe we should expect to see it on the legislative docket for next year um that really is an interesting question jack and i don't i don't really know the answer to why we haven't seen anything but there has not been a i cannot recall a bill having been introduced to sort of crack down on sort of how these shops advertise or what they advertise or what they sell beyond or any further than the passage of the CBD expansion, man, that's been four or five years ago now. I don't even don't remember the date uh, off the top of my head, but 
Um, the farm bill, the feds moved on the farm bill back during the Trump administration in like 2018, 17 or 18, and changed the things regarding CBD, right? And CBD is the the cannabidiol, the, I think it's generally the oil, right, that everybody puts in their coffee or whatever. And that became shelf legal, right? You sell it over the shelf. Like, you get that at your department store. Um, right. That was a pretty big move for Nebraska to follow suit and allow that. I don't, there was a bill, I, I can't remember if it was Senator Wayne or somebody else. I think it was Senator Wayne. Took it through the Ag Committee. There were discussions about hemp and hemp to, to hemp derived CBD and how it had to be specifically from a hemp and not from marijuana. And there was a lot of like a lot of consternation over what it would mean. And they, the bill passed, right, to put us in compliance with the federal rules. Um, and and you, I haven't heard anything on the topic in the legislature really since they've cleaned a few things up or some tweaks to it, but nothing huge. What's lawsuit? Go ahead. These go lawsuits ahead. come from the attorney general, and I'll tell you, like I think that the conversation surrounding this stuff has changed big time in Nebraska. Um, and part of it, Jack, do you remember in 2019 a bunch of flashing signs on every street corner <laughs> and every old closed down drive-through bank becoming a drive-through <laughs> dispensary? They have the they have signs on it. So, like, I do think part of it is the aggressive nature of the companies that are doing this makes that they stick out, man. Like you want attention, you got attention. So, they're the easiest. Fu- they're the easiest to find businesses in all of the city of all time between, <laughs> between the Vegas light show. And I'm talking about the one on North 27th in particular. <laughs> and then every single one of them can't just do that. They also have to have the, the little flags in the ground as well. Like what? What, uh, what is it exactly? People who people who use vapes and Delta Eight can't find businesses very well. What is the deal? The <laughs> flashing LED lights are the new big thing that is, yes. like I said, wild to me. And then and then yeah, every drive through. I think I've seen maybe three drive through centuries that are they're all banks. It's an old bank branch, right? <laughs> and you can, you can go through and get get it through the drive through window. I, I tell you, though, Jack, you asked. I do think that there is some movement happening among legislators, too. I, I had a conversation with a state legislator a couple of weeks ago who kind of brought this topic up generally. And I told him, I said, look, I was a, I, I go, we go to a dance studio, um, dropped my daughter and son off at a dance studio. And there, right across the street is a, a, one of these shops with a giant gorilla as their logo. And my son... Hey, Daddy, what's that monkey for? <laughs> Let's go check it out. Like, he's, he's three years old, and he's like super, he thinks it's super cool there's a monkey on this sign, and it's like, you know, three of them on the building. So every week he asks, and I'm sure that, like I said, when you are that out there, you start to get attention. And there's a lot of questions that surround this stuff. Like, I know the Delta 8 conversation is a new one, and I think that's part of the target in this lawsuit, and what Delta 8 versus your traditional Delta 9 THC is, and how it's how it's produced and what it's mixed with and what it does to you is a, is an outstanding question. And I think that's where people are kind of turning their, their focus is what are these, what are these substances? Number one. And then number two, why are we putting them in nerd packages? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen yeah. the pictures. No, I saw the pictures I, in the I, lawsuit. Yes. One of these places, man, but I saw the pictures like that's gotta be a joke, right? <laughs> we don't actually sell that stuff, but I yeah. guess they do. So. It looks like the same people who like label like uh, fireworks <laughs> were in charge of doing those, right? They're like, uh, um, yeah. But like, I, I seriously wonder. Like, I'd be interested to hear from law enforcement. Like, so is this a big problem now? Because obviously, people are 
People are getting this. Obviously, people are buying it, right? There, there wouldn't be all these businesses cropping up everywhere and paying the the bill for all their LED lights as well. Like that's a serious question I have because again, as as staunchly anti anti marijuana, anti cannabis, sort of the government and the 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 feeling has been around this state. It just it's odd to me that it went on as long as it did without anybody really saying anything, right? It's well. You're right, but it also is, like I said, I think it's only probably been a last, the last year or two at most. Like some of these, the places I'm thinking of in my head right now that are on my commute to and from work or around town have not been open for more than the last year. That's true. There's really and, been an explosion. I mean, I, mean, I yeah. remember the first one with the brightest lights that I can think of that are on my commute uh, popped up probably like last February, which that's right in the heat of the session. We haven't had a bill introduction since. And and I'd say, like, the aggressive nature of how fast they've come up. I can think of two or three others that have opened in the last few months that are these two of them that are the drive through but, like, bank places that I'm talking about. But they've literally been open only in, only this last summer. Mm-hmm. And so I don't – I think I just think people are getting attention to it. And then there's, like I said, when you draw that attention to yourself, when you draw that attention to yourself, then people are like, well, what are they actually selling that's that big of a deal? And that's where legislators are like, wow, this thing's been going on. And I've probably heard from a handful, um, maybe three or four senators that are talking about this in some way. Some of it is these things are everywhere. Some of it is we don't know what Delta 8 is. Some of it is it's targeting kids. And I think, I think you may see multiple bills um, on the issue, whether whether any of them gain traction is a you know, yeah, I just I, I'd be curious. Are, are hospitals seeing overdoses? Is that is that an issue? Can you do overdose? Are there, like I said before, a law enforcement seeing big issues with this? I'd be curious about answers on all those. As obviously the market is increased quickly. Um, the I other just, one, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like from a law enforcement standpoint, if they're legal, the cops probably can't do a ton of it. Or if they're not illegal, right? I don't, are they legal is a weird question, but not clearly illegal is a tough one for police. So I'd be more interested in school stuff. Like how, what are what are teachers seeing? What are principals seeing? What are the school folks? Right, and I think that's the in terms of these problems. There's not much pushback. That yeah, the kids. I mean, whether it's the packaging that attracts kids or having it in minors' hands, I think there's yeah. I don't think there's much of an argument against that. Um, but I am. I'm just. I'm just curious. Like, is I I wonder how it affects the overall debate too when medical marijuana will probably is going to come up again and be on the ballot that kind of thing right um, that'll yeah. be interesting too I would bet you that the marijuana people will say this is exactly why we want to pass what we want to pass that's the other it, argument it's yeah legal and it, it allows us to regulate it effectively um, good bad or otherwise I, I would bet that's the line they take is that's this is why we need to implement a regulated form and access right. to this stuff so that it doesn't go crazy Which, like this. But And Hildreth was asked about that, and he said, well, I just think it shouldn't be legal. It's not about regulation. He just thinks Delta 8 should be illegal. So we'll see if the legislature takes action on that. I mean, they're definitely going to get some pushback from some businesses, I would guess, right? Obviously, there's some people who are invested in this at this point. Yeah, yes. A lot of, every street corner <laughs> between here and downtown, between my house and downtown, yeah. Hey, I saw a yard sign for uh, something called EPIC, and I don't know if people know what this is or not. I don't even know exactly what the acronym stands for, but it's this, it's a, it's a, it's a petition effort to basically change the way, majorly change the way that state funding happens um, and local government funding as well, and it's basically doing away with property taxes. And I, I'm not going to go through, and I don't know, the complete nuts and bolts of, of the plan as well, 
But I've only kind of heard around about this on the fringes. I've heard a few people mention it. I've seen a yard sign here or there. It doesn't seem like it's, you know, I, I personally haven't seen um, petition gatherers for this at this point when I've seen them for it feels like all the other issues as well. What do you like? What do you know about this? And is this about to become um, a much bigger thing or why haven't why hasn't it become front and center? Or is it just me at this point that isn't feeling that way? Well, I think a, a couple of things. It's been around for a while now, Jack. Um, you know, Senator Steve Erdman from out in western Nebraska brought it sort of to the Capitol. I think I'll credit him with it. Um, probably six, seven years ago now. Um, he's in his heading into his final term in the legislature before he's term limited. But he's been he's been talking about this for six, seven years. He's introduced the legislation uh, to do it. What it what it does, Jack, is it would. And I think this is I don't know the exact moniker for the the um the epic term but it's elimination of property and income taxes and then you get a consumption tax out of it so um like the idea is all right people don't like property taxes people don't like in- like income taxes let's tax what you consume sales tax let's say do a tax on the thing the in consumer for what they use in their life what they buy what they purchase and all of those sorts of things rather than just taxing you based on how much money you make or what your house is worth or your farmland is worth. Um, and so it's been pushed for, like I said, Senator Erdman's introduced a few times. He's, he has worked like very hard <laughs> to convince his colleagues in the legislature this is a good idea, that it will work. You, he's brought in outside consultants and economists and folks to look at this and try to crunch the numbers. At the end of the day, uh, he had a bill maybe two or three years ago. It was right in the heart of, of the COVID stuff in like early 2021. It came out of committee and it was on the floor. And I don't know, it felt like maybe two votes short of passing uh, through the first round of debate. So advancing in the process, but it, it died on the floor for lack of votes. Um, he brought it back again the next year and it, it's been cycling around. What they've kind of with the group, the coalition that he sort of built along with some of his colleagues is working on now is they've been doing town halls across the state. They've been out educating folks and they're running a, a ballot initiative petition for a constitutional amendment that would, and it is a pretty simple one sentence thing that would eliminate or prohibit the state from collecting any tax other than a consumption tax or excise taxes. And that's, that would be all we would have to run the business of the state on. Um, their idea or their push is a companion bill that's currently sitting in the legislature is LB 79 that would implement the consumption tax. But the pallet initiative petition language only prohibits the collection of, of other taxes. So there's kind of a one, two steps here where it goes on the ballot to eliminate property and income tax. And then the legislature would have to come back and pass a bill could be LB 79, could be some other version of a bill that would say, here's how we're going to collect a consumption tax. Uh, by the way, EPIC is eliminate uh, property income corporate taxes, which is what no, the acronym, corporate. Uh, yeah, corporate uh, taxes as well. I've got their website pulled up. Um, they've got a link for petition signing events, but then they don't have any. Oh, they, they don't. Oh, they have businesses and locations where you can do it, but they don't have any signing events that are going on. And, um, and they're trying to see if they can get people also to, to, uh, Two petitions uh, on that. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll, they be, were, it'll be interesting. They were out. 
they're out and about this summer, and it's mostly been, like I said, grassroots-driven, right? It's volunteer-driven. So you'd find them at county fairs, mostly in western Nebraska, I think, probably more so than the eastern part of the state. But I think the real question right now in, in our world, in the political world, is will they be able to hire paid circulators? And there's some talk that they may have somebody who's willing to front some money and, and start doing that, and it's, it's just unclear because you, it's just really hard, as you saw with marijuana last time around really hard to get the signatures no matter how big your grassroots base is if you're not hiring folks or paying folks to be out there actually collecting signatures right yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see if this becomes more of a kind of a a front and center thing and and maybe like i said maybe my perception is just just wrong uh but obviously if it would go to the ballot be a pretty major thing for the state right uh in terms of changing everything Completely everything. So it would so. totally upend. It would totally upend. Yeah. Upside down. It would flip upside down how the how the state governments run, how our city governments run. It would prohibit Lincoln from collecting any taxes, right? Yeah. So how your city operates and builds its streets and roads would be a completely it's, different conversation than it is today. Yeah. So. It'd be, it, yeah, it'll be it'll be quite the discussion if if this actually gets some momentum and gets itself on the ballot. So, uh, all right, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for the info on all that stuff, Tim. Always appreciate the conversation, and we will talk to you again next week. All right, good, Jack. Here we go, Tim Haruza, uh, talking Nebraska news and politics with us. Eight twenty six. We'll take a break. You listen to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. You're listening to Lincoln's radio home of Husker football, men's basketball, and baseball with a little volleyball and women's hoops thrown in. 1499.3 KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 836. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Mike Shaver, Husker 24-7, joins us right now. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing this morning? I am still a little bit in a uh, little bit in a bump. I had been since the Kirk Cousins injury uh, halfway uh, you know, through the fourth quarter of that Packers game. I have to say, like, you should be able to be – it is my least favorite team in all of sports. Like, I look forward to these two games and to talking trash and to all of this stuff. And I don't even get to do that because Minnesota lost its quarterback. And, like, there's a bunch of people like, oh, it's Kirk Cousins, you know, whatever. Like, I also feel terrible for that guy, too. Like, he was having possibly the best start to his to a season of his career. And you're up 24 to whatever it was, 24-10 or 24-14, whatever, against the Packers, driving in to score. Never been hurt in your career, and you tear your Boy. Like, it's just absolutely brutal. And Minnesota, like, if you look at their schedule, 
they were about to play the dredges of the NFL. So well, they're still probably fine of, then. Yeah, <laughs> with what Jaron Hall yeah. from BYU? I've always said Ooh, he's a quality quarterback. Always yeah. said it. I didn't even <laughs> want to see him attempt to pass on Sunday because I was convinced Minnesota was going to somehow lose that game on top of everything else. And of course, his first pass attempt, he fumbles. Yeah. So, you know. Hey, uh, listen, at least your Saturdays and Sundays are consistent. Victories that maybe feel a little bit hollow, uh, season-ending injuries, and fumbles, right? I mean, at least you can just copy and paste, right? Yeah, it's the same why thing. Why can't I have, like, one team where everything, you know, is supposed to work out as it works out, and then the other team still wins anyways, but it can be ugly. <laughs> listen, I want both. Listen, uh, speaking of freaking out because of injuries, I was sitting in the area, I think you normally sit at Husker basketball games, you weren't there last night. I bought some some third party tickets for like three dollars over there. So obviously you have great seats. Um, but you weren't there. It's probably for the better. I went into a very emo mood after Casey Tominaga limped off the floor last night. Yeah, I mean, I did. I saw the the thing and I was like, oh, cool. So the player was most excited about for basketball season. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that this after I see my football season end and cousins who I like. You know, right. I, that's probably the last game of his career for the Minnesota Vikings. You like, just That's incredibly depressing. Your favorite thing's getting just knocked down one by one yeah. is almost as if someone is doing I, it despite I sent you. a text and I was like, I need eyes on Jose Ramirez because right now all I can imagine that he put his leg out to hold the elevator for someone <laughs> and then the sensor didn't stop and then it got mangled. Hey. Well, that's the end of that. The good news is Casey came out in the second half, no boot on, limping, but smiling, being his normal self. And Fred sounded like he was talking about days, not even weeks or months. So yeah, uh, good. I think I, no, not the same luck with Kirk, I fear, from what I saw. But... <laughs> I would love to be talking about days. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, here we are again, Mike. Um, I don't know if it's exactly the same game, but it kind of feels really similar. Um, Nebraska wins a game in some fashions. It feels like they should have won in a blowout, and in some fashions it seems like they probably should have lost. I don't know how both of those things are true, but they feel like it to me. What do you think about that? Uh, I would push back a little bit. I never felt like Nebraska should lose based on how they played against Purdue on uh, on Saturday. Now, I acknowledge I said that, well, they had five fumbles, mm-hmm. four of which they lost. So yep. I understand you can very easily point at one statistic, but I would point at several other ones. I mean, Nebraska straight dominated that game defensively in a way that it was probably their masterpiece for this year, even though they gave up, I guess, seven points, if you will, but it came on a scramble play on a fourth down with Paul just gets over the fingertips of Phelan Sanford. Like, yeah. He was very, very close at using his legendary vertical to knock that way and possibly secure a, uh, a helmet sticker in the process. So, um, you know, it was, uh, I thought it was a pretty dominating effort from Nebraska's defense. Um, I thought Nebraska's offense did kind of what I think they're just going to have to be for the rest of the year which is you got to hit on a couple big plays. The Jalen Lloyd belly option touchdown pass this week was one of those. Uh, they had a couple big runs. Obviously, Emmett Johnson finished the game with the touchdown run uh, that prevented you from a perfect score for the first time in Friday uh, tailgate history for mm. you uh, on that show. So there was that. There was definitely wow. – I, I will say this. I never cheer in the press box. But when that touchdown went in, and I knew it prevented you from having the field goal that would have given you the perfect score, Caleb and I turned to each other with a nice, solemn, you know, 
nod and then a little bit of a fist pump. That's so. plus three for the rest of us is how that Man, feels. Man, I didn't even realize it was ha- – I didn't even remember. I didn't even remember. I wasn't even thinking about that. We are that. monitoring just, these things at all times. I was just minutes. worried. I was 100% worried about a fumble was I, what I was <laughs> thinking about at that and point. And here's the thing. If they don't score there, I win. Mm. So I was willing to sacrifice my one point to make sure that you had no chance at well, four points. While we are talking about disputes or differences on the Friday Husker tailgate, I'm just going to diffuse this right away before we get any further, before it becomes a big thing on Friday. or We'll just be done with it now. I challenged you and, and Kevin and maybe two. I don't remember if Caleb was in on it or, or not, but uh, when you expressed concern about Billy Kemp's injury and what that would do for the punt return game, I was defending Alex Bullock saying, look, I mean, he can catch a punt. He'll be fine. He's, you know, he's fielded hundreds of punts, I'm sure, at Creighton Prep and over the years. He'll be fine. And literally the first punt. Literally the yeah. first punt he muffs. Now, luckily, Nebraska got that one back because I don't know how the ball did what it did after that fumble, but it ended up in Nebraska's hands. I have never been so soundly defeated so quickly in an argument <laughs> debate, and I'll say it. I mean, I'm not even mad. I'm just, I'm just kind of amazed by how badly I lost that argument. So, you and Kevin, I, I, you know, I seed that one. You guys won that one. Well, I, uh, the credit goes to Kevin because he pointed it out, and then I immediately visualized what I thought was going to happen, which the only thing lacking was there wasn't, like, misting rain or something. You know, like, it was it was relatively dry for that one. Yeah, I think it'd be fine going forward. Well, he may, he may not be doing it going forward, but nonetheless. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the fascinating – I am super, um, Mike, just sort of fascinated to what has changed psychologically – about this team from what we had seen in the previous years. And we've already talked about this a lot, but like I'm trying to to express the the different feel of a Nebraska football game right now. And I, it's come down to this, what I finally realized the way that I describe it is that Nebraska plays in a way where it becomes really 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 difficult for the opponent to get momentum in the traditional ways teams seem to always get momentum. Right, you see, you've seen it a million times in a football game. A big turnover, everybody's fired up, and all of a sudden you can feel it. And you felt it in Nebraska games over and over again in the past. And now it's like when, when, and it always is, it always is the defense coming out in this situation when the offense makes a mistake that would be a momentum changing thing. But it is almost like they either savor those things or. Or maybe they just go into, it almost seems, Mike, like they're going out there in a practice scenario that's been created, right? Where where Matt Rule just puts the ball on Nebraska's own 20-yard line and said, just gave up a turnover. All right, let's. right, we're going to play it. We're going to play this scenario out there. That's almost what it feels like. Like, I sort of thought the 0-0 zero to zero thing was a little, maybe a little corny, and, you know, I didn't know if it really worked. But it's almost like this defense has figured out to play without the context of the game impacting them whatsoever, if that even makes sense, which is, I think, really hard to do for a defense in particular. Um, yeah, what do you think? Well, so this is this is a, a, a great topic here, and, and Gary Sharp and I tackled some of this yesterday, too, and we kind of arrived at the idea that there's just a trust level between teammates that probably didn't exist at this level. Like, think about how much they rotate and how often you're in there, and you're Ty Robinson, and on one play you might have Skola Fotu and James Williams. On the next, you might have Nash Hutmaker or Hutmaker and uh, Jamari <laughs> Butler. 
And it's just like they they just have this implicit level of trust in what they're doing with all of those different guys. It's what allows them to play so many different pieces. It's what allows them to basically go accomplish what they're asked to accomplish, you know, each time out. Like it's just the, the trust factor just feels like that's the biggest key in this difference. It's no longer like the best individual pieces feel like Cam Taylor Britt or Jojo Doman, where they have to go make the play or, you know, they're going to lose the game. Like they need spectacular individual performances. Instead, this just feels like it's a trusted collective where it's like, okay, if Riley Van Poppel's in on fourth down, he's going to help stand this guy up at midfield. If it's Nash Hutmaker, he's going to win his one-on-one in this particular rep, and it's going to blow up the play. If it's Quentin Newsom, he's going to come up with an interception on a critical two-point you know, conversion. And I'm obviously talking about random scenarios throughout different games, but critical two-point conversion that you know Purdue needs. Tommy Hill made one of the best plays that he's made all season. Jumped that one, um, yeah. Yeah, and so there's just, like, there's a level of trust, I think, that exists from one player to the other 10 on the defense that I just don't think Nebraska's had in the past. And then I think that collectively exists in the program. Like, I think a lot of the bonding, a lot of the sort of mental stuff that Matt Rule was really hammering home in the offseason, the team-building exercises, uh, the way they sort of do things as a group and not as an individual. Like, it, it was all to kind of promote this attitude that, like, you know, you have to rely on each other as much as you're going to rely on yourself. And collectively, we can't move forward until we all do. One individual can't pull everyone. And I think that mentality has permeated, permeated throughout the team. And now they're like a wash with confidence. Mm-hmm. They, like, they feel like they can do it. And they know that they have the trust of their teammates to go and do it. It allows them to just play pretty free and loose. Like it's a, you know, it, it, it's remarkable to us because it's such a seismic shift from where this defense was when it couldn't stop an Aiden O'Connell from going 80 yards and scoring a touchdown in two minutes. Yeah. When it couldn't stop, you know, Georgia Southern multiple times last year with a lot of the same pieces. Like yeah. it's just, uh, it, it has to do with that internal development and between the years and Matt Rule and, and Tony White and those guys have tapped into it. In a way that we haven't seen around here. It's really. just, it's uh, it's almost like they play better after a backbreaking turnover, which is so bizarre. Well, it's, they're so accustomed to it. It's right? like they, like, go, it's like right away they turn it over, and once again the, the offense goes backwards. How many times have we seen it? Yeah. Uh, three well, and out or a field goal, right? I mean, and the thing is, you just don't want to be put in that position every time. But they keep, no. they keep figuring it. Maybe out. you I do. Mean, I'm starting to wonder. Jeez. <laughs> Let's right, this, <laughs> this First is play, let's get the other team the ball because we lost the kickoff and we didn't get to defend first. <laughs> right, right. It's a, it's a it's kind of an unconventional strategy, but it just might work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you make of um, we, Nebraska? We got to see a little bit of a different matchup for Nebraska's defense. Purdue's going to throw it a little bit more, as we talked about on the Friday Husker tailgate. I had some concerns, just kind of what because what Colorado and Louisiana Tech were able to do. It didn't feel like those in terms of receivers being open, but Nebraska's pressure also didn't feel, and I think Card did a really, that guy is good in the pocket. He's really good in the pocket, I think, frankly. Um, you know, so I think that was a part of it. And, but they didn't have like the gaudy sack numbers necessarily in this game. What did you, what did you make of the Nebraska defense against the pass? Obviously they had success, but it kind of looked a little different, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Nebraska, several things happened here. I think Nebraska got more pressure than what the stats probably show. This card, I don't think, was particularly comfortable 
um, a lot of the times. And then when he was and he could deliver in rhythm, you know, they hit on some passes, but they also had some critical drops, which Nebraska has benefited from a couple times this yeah. year on some on some key third downs uh, where teams just aren't able to make plays. And that happens to Nebraska, too. I mean, we, you know, they have a pretty high drop rate themselves on offense, so that's just college football. But um, I, a lot of it is is that. And, you know, I, I think card Purdue does not have the same level of playmakers that they had under Jeff Brom. I think that's a big part of, you know, their – thing is they just don't have that wide receiver that you're yeah. just really that concerned about and so i thought nebraska did a nice job of keeping things in front of them they didn't allow for purdue to get a lot of success on first down or if they did i mean they made some really nice plays on uh second and short third and short and fourth and short i mean so it, it's one of those things where it's like the probably the perfect level you want to be against this defense is like a third and fourth because if you get too close you get tempted to run the ball and that's yeah. probably not going to go well for you and then if you're too far away, like you got to make a, a big enough play and avoid the pass rush. So I, they just did a, a much, much better job on third down. And so it limited a lot of drives. So they just couldn't sustain drives to put yards together. And then, of course, you know, you have Nebraska's turning the ball over. So what drives they did have uh, probably started with, with small field position. And half the time they went backwards anyway. So, um, you know, I, I just think Nebraska did a really nice job kind of taking them out of both sides. I mean, they, they had less than 100 yards passing, I think, and they had less than 100 yards rushing. Like, I don't know that we've seen that a lot at Nebraska. You had another chance. We all had another chance to see a little bit more of Emmett Johnson. Um, still kind of learning learning who he is and if if he's ready at this point. I guess, yeah, that that's my exact question. Is he, is he ready to be the main number one feature back, basically going, and, and the only reason he'll come out is just to get a little spells or situational deals from, from Grant or Fleeks or whomever else? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he's ready, but he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, and back-to-back weeks, he's ran for 70-some yards against Big Ten teams. I mean, again, Nebraska doesn't have to have a 150-yard rusher because you have Heinrich Harburg. You're going to run a lot with your quarterback. That wasn't as good this week. I thought Purdue uh, kind of found something with that safety in the middle of the of the, the defense, in the middle of the box, and, and really giving an eight-man look uh, in the box and daring Nebraska to throw. So, I think Emma Johnson's going to have to be important. I think they're going to have to be successful on some of those. I, you know, he had a he had a nice touchdown run. I think he's one of those guys that has good burst. The problem's going to be I don't know that he has a great uh, wiggle, and I'm not sure he's the most elusive guy in terms of open field. So he's going to get you what's right there, um, but he's probably not going to like break three tackles on his way to a 45 yard run. So he's just kind of you're a little bit limited in what you're getting after, you know after probably the, the initial contact. But still, if he can protect the football and he can fall forward, which he's been doing, I mean, he's done a nice job hitting the hole and getting positive yeah. yards. That's what you want. I mean, you're, you're not expecting a superstar. Uh, Minnesota's fifth string running back ran for 204 yards against Michigan State on Saturday on 40 carries. So, oh, um, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that that's going to be Nebraska's game plan. But, like, they can, again, if the offensive line and, and if they, they choose to, they can run the ball. I mean, it could be a nice day in East Lansing for Heinrich Harburg and Emmett Johnson. Last but not least, the segment where I tell Mike what his employer is projecting for bowl games that he was not aware of before. Ooh. Uh, you're going to like this one, I think. Uh, they now have Nebraska. They took him out of the Citrus Bowl, which I guess is disappointing, but it's not a huge drop down. They've now got 247 now has. Uh, uh, Nebraska playing Florida in the Music City Bowl in their projections. So Nashville yep. right before New Year's uh, in the Ben Sass Bowl in in uh, in Nashville. So that'd be oh, all right. The, 
the Ben Sass Bowl. Do we think he'd make public comment? Oh my gosh! Situation? Wouldn't that be amazing for his first bowl game as the Florida president? To be he would against, go. He would be there to be against Nebraska. That would be that would be something. All of yeah, these. Think, go ahead. Do you think he'd try to try to organize it where he'd be allowed to sell runzas in the stadium? <laughs> It'd just be amazing. It would be, would he be a, an Uber driver after the game. And <laughs> I so want them to get this game, obviously for a variety of reasons. But every, there are so many bull matchups I've looked like in the, at these projections. So many you've got multiple potential Big Twelve rematches. I've seen some with Iowa State. I've seen some with Missouri. Um, then you've got you know the things like USC or um, there's just this one Florida as well. Oh, these matchups are just fun to look at. I'm really, it it re, it'd be really great to get to that point after Saturday. So let's do it. How how much you know, like like Matt Rule said, why are we just limiting this thing to, to Nebraska making a bowl game? How much have you just kind of sat there and looked at the Big Ten West and just started forecasting? Oh uh, yeah, what I've you're done plenty be doing of that. on December second. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been I've looked at those standings and those schedules a lot, and like the the thing is, everyone can always lose. That's it. Everyone, there's Iowa, Wisconsin. There's no more, and same with Nebraska. But there's no more like, oh, that's a really good team. No, none of them are. You get, you'd quit giving anyone credit, and let's just see who comes out in these things. That's who what you got to do. Has the easiest path. Oh man, I'm trying to remember now. I don't have it right in front of me. Because um, Wisconsin still, they just played Ohio State, so that's done. Yeah. N- none, none of those. I don't think any of those four. Minnesota still might have one of the big dogs in the East. I think. Um, yeah, I think Iowa only has Nebraska left of the four teams, but they still have Rutgers, and then they have this Northwestern team that, like, I would not be shocked if Northwestern beat Iowa. I, if Northwestern doesn't hire their interim coach as a full-time coach, what are they even doing? Yeah. Uh, I cannot. They have played so well this year. Like, honestly, I yeah. like. If if they made it to bull eligibility, he should be the coach of the year. Right, should Probably. certainly be the coach of the conference. Watch Northwestern come up and steal the coach of the year from Matt Rule. That'd be something. Um. <laughs> Only you would be upset by this. By the, way. <laughs> by the way, Wisconsin has Indiana. Then they have they also have Northwestern, and then Wisconsin and Minnesota play each other. Minnesota does still have Ohio State, so they've got by far the worst of any of them as well. Uh, you could probably argue Wisconsin maybe has the best, but. We'll see. Yeah. But again, it feels like there's going to still be upsets along the way. Um, oh, yeah. From it, it, Who knows? Indiana could pop up and, and get a win now. So it's going to be fun. Saturday's going to be fun. Big Ten West, is. everyone's always said it's a very fun division. It's too bad it's ending. Fun. Everyone has fun. When's right. lunch? <laughs> oh, yeah. You owe me lunch, too, uh, on the amount of passes thrown. Remember? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good with that. Speaking of winning you, uh, arguments. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well... How many passes got negated because Purdue's defense was just like, yeah, we got to get a penalty. Here. Not yeah, enough to make up the difference. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> then, Come on, Caleb. Let me have. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Have a good day. We'll talk to you later. You Mike Schaefer, 24-7. 8 6 wrap up the show for this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, we're bringing the turkey drive back this year. It's coming up Friday, November 3rd, this Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at two high V locations, Williamsburg and 70th and Pioneers. I'll be at 70th and Pioneers from 1.30, excuse me, 11.30 to 1.30. So come on out and say hi. Make a donation of food, money, hang out, get your groceries. We'll have a good time getting ready for the weekend. All right, we will see you tomorrow morning on a Tuesday. It's 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.